I'm allowed to swear, right? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> good to get, it's good to give me my boundaries before we start the show. <laughs> You're listening to episode 40 of The Lauren Jean Show. Life is tough. I get it. I'm in it with you. I've been way up and way down lots of times. I'm Lauren Jean. I teach you how to use the three concepts that have helped me to shape my life through experience. And I've come to realize that if I consistently come back to these three concepts, my confidence, letting go of control, and following my intuition, I'm good. I mean really good. The show has been through many changes as I change, and I'm here to coach you to be better for yourself first so that you can learn to accept you for you and love you just how you are and to help those around you that you love as well. I curse, yes. It makes me emote more. So if there are little ears around you, you may want to pop in those earbuds or hide away where they can't hear. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another show. I hope you had a lovely Valentine's Day and you got to spend it with either your children, your love, or your friends. I spent it with my friends and we had a great night. We had some dinner. I had a beer that I have not had in such a long time because I am just coming off of a probiotic power cleanse. And you know what? Now I'm not feeling so great. So I'm not so sure if I will be drinking anytime soon. But it was a challenge that I wanted to give to myself to actually tap into how I am feeling. And you know what? Not feeling so hot. I was going to put this episode out to you yesterday, but life got busy, so here it is today. And today on the show, I have returning guest, Gaia Morissette. Gaia is a world-renowned sexual wellness coach. She specializes in healing sexual trauma, abuse, and interference. With over 14 years of teaching, coaching, and assisting people, Gaia has guided and facilitated the sexual awakening of individuals and couples through various healing techniques and even a variety of tantalizing events. She has often been quoted as bringing sexuality and spirit to new levels of creativity, understanding, openness, and inspiring a newfound sense of joy for her clients and workshop attendees. Gaia has been initiated as the High Priestess of Divine Sexuality and Healing. She has been teaching and working with groups and individuals to awaken and heal their sexuality and sensuality for over 14 years through clay, music workshops, sexual wellness coaching, and massage. Gaia is a retired pottery teacher and a drumming instructor. She's also the founder of Succulent Living, author of Stop, Drop, and Wiggle, Seven Easy Steps to Happiness. You can find out more about Gaia at succulentliving.com. I'm so excited to bring you this show because I had an amazing talk with her. We talked about so many things, but most importantly to me for the purpose of this show, which is letting go of control, we talked about letting go of control during intimacy. And I had a lot of fun with her. So I'm not going to put this off anymore. Let's just jump right into this awesome interview with Gaia Morissette. So we're going to talk about Kegels. Mm, Let's tighten our vaginas, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Now, 
most of us have heard about Kegels from our doctors, about tightening our vaginal canal after childbirth, but there's all these other wonderful benefits that we need to do as well. And it's not just about the tightening, it's actually also about learning how to relax those vaginal muscles and relax your anus muscles. So your whole PC area. So everybody is usually most more there's more women walking around in hypertension than there is loose women okay <laughs> so this is what our vaginas for a lot of our a lot of women's vaginas look like is that they're when you're squeezing you're just going like this when you really to get the full range of motion you want to squeeze and then relax and that your whole vaginal canal should be opening so to kind of learn how to reset those vaginal muscles, we're going to push out a little bit on our anus when we exhale. Okay, so it'll look like this. We'll breathe in, squeeze, exhale, relax, push out. <laughs> okay, so we want to, again, the reason why we want to do our PC, or we want to strengthen our PC muscles and also to learn to relax them fully is one, you can do some really cool tricks with your vagina if you're having sex with a male partner. Um, you can also uh, have female ejaculation. It helps with multiple orgasms. It prevents atrophy, which is uh, your, vagina, your vaginal tissue tearing as you go in through menopause and on the other side. Keeps it nice and juicy. Uh, let's see what else happens. Um, it also helps to to prevent tearing during childbirth and it tightens up after childbirth so if Absolutely. you haven't had a yeah right so it's yeah. all about so it's all about basically the control it's not just about the tightening it's about the control plus it also is a great way of grounding as women it's a it's our power source all our power lies in our vagina right and so when we're tapped into that energy it allows us to feel powerful in the world which is going to get us in a moment we're going to get into into the whole control thing right yes so so let's do let's do five more kegels together everybody close your eyes take a deep breath in squeeze Exhale, relax, push out, push out. Breathe in, squeeze. Exhale, relax, push out. Breathe in, squeeze. Exhale, relax, push out. Two more, breathe in, squeeze. Exhale, relax, push out. And last one, breathe in, squeeze, exhale, relax, push out. Good. So when I'm talking as we continue, I might say some other really kind of scary words and things. So if you're feeling kind of stressed, instead of being like, oh my God, why does she keep saying those things? What I want you to do is take a breath, do a Kegel, exhale, and relax, and let it <laughs> and push out exactly and let that stress wash out of your body okay all right let's talk about control there's all sorts of different facets of control so as a recovering control freak me too me too yeah um i've learned a lot about when 
not only for myself, but as a sexual wellness coach with my clients, um, I've learned that when we feel out of control in our lives, when we feel unsafe in the world, the way that we have a, our defense mechanism is created for survival is to become an uber control freak. So that's to control the people around us, to control our situation. It may be controlling our food. It can be control. It's like this, basically this obsessive need to control. And the reason that you can't seem to, if, if people are like, well, just let go of control, just let go of control, just let go of control. And you really want to, it makes you want to punch people in the face because you're like, if I could let go of control, I would. Don't you think I would? Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> right? The reason that you're in, incapable, not capable of letting go of control is because it doesn't feel safe. That's, is fundamentally, you're not feeling safe in your life. So, Every time I start to become uber controlling, it's like kind of my early warning system as I look at it, that this is an opportunity for me to be like, hmm, where am I feeling out of control in my life? Is there a circumstance? Is there a relationship? Is there a fear? Like what's going on in my life? So it's kind of like a, oh, I should take a moment, look at my shit. <laughs> Instead of going around and trying to control everybody else's shit. <laughs> it's, a, it's a moment to go inward instead of what we normally naturally do for feeling to, so that we can feel powerful and safe is that we go outward and try to control everything because internally we are not in control within ourselves. Makes complete sense. Yep. So now from a sexy, sexy place. Okay. So if you are in a place of control, um, unless you are in a place of uh, power exchange, where is you know some BDSM, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But before we get into that place, in order for you to fully be orgasmic, to be an orgasmic, writhing, screaming goddess, you must learn how to surrender to the moment, which means letting go of control. You can't control how you're going to have pleasure. You can't control how you're going to have orgasms. The more you try to control it, sure, you might be able to make an orgasm happen, but as an orgasmic goddess that I am, um, it's not very good. That orgasm is kind of like, eh, versus, oh, kind of experience. <laughs> so... You know, that's one thing that I found was a really good motivator for me was, okay, and it was a good way for me to start to practice surrendering in a moment, right? Because the idea of surrendering in life is really scary for a lot of people. However, baby steps, let's do baby steps, right? So baby step one is learning to surrender in a moment giving over control, surrendering to that moment, being present in that moment, and not having to control it. When you do that once and you feel safe and it feels good, it starts to create a new neural pathway as a possibility in your brain, which says, hey, I don't have to be in control all the time. It's, it can be kind of fun and safe surrendering control and letting go of control. Any questions so far? No, no. I'm just listening. It's, it sounds uh, <clears throat> a good place to start. Just stop in whatever you're doing. Just stop. Just that's it. Stop. <laughs> so we're going to teach you. I'm going to give you a couple of tools to how to stop because you're going to be like, so she said stop. Uh, yeah, I want to punch her in the face too. If I can do that. 
I wouldn't be here right now listening to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so a, a good exercise, because the truth is, is you have to, our mind is an organ that needs to be exercised. And so where we consciously make our intentions is where our energy goes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So we have to exercise that. You can't just say, hey, I'm going to let go of control. And then the next day you're like, oh, I'm no longer a control freak and I'm going with the flow girl. That, that doesn't happen. Your brain is always going to go back to the thing that it knows the best and the easiest. Okay. Even if it doesn't serve you. Even if everybody hates you because you're an uber bitch and controlling all the time and no one, you never let anybody breathe. It doesn't matter. Our brain's like, but that works. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yep. Right. So the key is, is that just change your brain. First, we're going to do something. Just a little exercise. And just a little exercise every day will help that process. And then you can build on it. And then we're going to talk about where it can be on the other end of the spectrum, right? So the first thing is taking a moment and just being in your body. So every day, I want you to take a moment and just close your eyes and breathe and feel your breath in your body. So let's just do that for a moment. Close your eyes. Breathe in. Feel the breath filling up your lungs. Feel the sensations in your body. And exhale. Allow your muscles just to relax. I want you to take a moment. Feel your toes. Wiggle them. Wiggle your toes, wiggle your fingers, wiggle your nose, wiggle your lips. That's All right. Interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> Move your shoulders. Just take a moment and be in this body that is yours. Breathe two more times. Breathing in. <sighs> And one more time, breathing in, in this moment, you have let go of control. You haven't made anything happen. You've just been in your body, All right? How does that feel? Relaxing. I want to tell you a little secret. It's a lot of work and a lot of energy to be in control all the time. Yes, it is. <laughs> it most certainly is. Because you're always on guard. You're always vigilant. You never allow your body and your mind to quiet and be still. If you don't allow your body, your body and your mind to be still, this, there's long-term. We all know that there's long-term problems from stress right? That, that happens health-wise, not to mention emotionally and, you know, psychologically. So, and I'm telling you from an orgasmic standpoint, you are not having very good sex if you can't be in your body. If you cannot quiet your mind and allow your body to experience whatever pleasure sensations that are happening in that moment. So do that every day. That just, just that. Take a moment, be in your body. Breathe like four or five times, right? Now, the next time you're in a sexual situation, I want you to take a moment to just allow your body sensation. I just want you to focus on your sensations 
of not, is this good, is this right, is it right, to the left, to the right. I just want you to take a moment to receive whatever pleasure your partner is touching. What does it feel like? What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it smell like? All right, go into your senses. Take that moment to surrender to be in that moment with your partner. At first, it might be really scary, and it's like, I can only do that for 30 seconds, and then I'm like, okay, I'm in charge. (laughs) (laughs) The next time, push yourself a little harder and say, let's try this for a whole minute. So you can get to the place where you can be like, I'm going to surrender the whole sexual experience. Which means allowing yourself to surrender and let go of control. Now, sex is a fantastic playground and opportunity for us to explore both surrendering of power and having ultimate power. And in a safe environment, right? This is important. Everything that I talk about is from a safe place. I'm not talking about any kind of abuse. I'm not talking about um, unconsensual exploration. This is all consensual. Your both parties are on board. You've both had conversations about it. Um, you've done your research. How to go about doing this? Okay. All sounds great so far. Okay. So let's talk about um, a great way to introduce surrendering of control and um, gifting gifting your part. I like to look at it as gifting your your power to your lover is to introduce bondage. And so a couple of different things I'm, you know, is one, don't use handcuffs. Handcuffs are very, very bad. Even though we get the imagery of, ooh, being handcuffed to the bed, ooh, that's kind of sexy, that's kind of hot. The problem is, is handcuffs fail, and then you, have ser- you can have serious injuries. Um, they lock up, they seize up, um, even the fluffy ones, and you can have long-term damage. Like, I have a handcuffing incident. This is why I know this. <laughs> And if you don't have a cool massage therapist like mine, you'll have to try to explain to your massage therapist why your wrist is screwed up. And you may not want to have to have that conversation, right? Always speak from experience, right? Always speak from experience. So handcuffs, bad. There's many other, if you want to explore bondage, there's many other things that you can use. You can use scarves. You can use rope you can use um, there's cuffs if you really find that you like it I would recommend going investing in a pair of leather cuffs they're usually only like anywhere from 20 to 60 dollars um, a pair which is you know a good reasonable place um, and and just start there right and you want to have safe words so this is I didn't think we were going to get into a BDSM 101 but I guess we're going to do a little bit of that today so can't hurt you know what there's some people who are just they they've never even heard of it before you know so go for it okay so um where was i okay so things that you need to know to do it safely first there needs to be safe words and three common safe words that are kind of universal are green yellow and red um 
very few people use the word green because it means everything's good. Keep going. All right. Yellow is um, the person who is surrendering the power. Um, says yellow. That means that the person who's in control um, is an opportunity for you to check in with them. So ask them, what do you need? Are you close to being done? You know, basically it's a check-in moment, right? Um, and red, as soon as the person who is surrendering and letting go of letting go of control, they say red immediately, it stops. Whatever it is, stops in that moment. Not one more time, not five more minutes, not nothing. It, it ends and they're released and it's all good, right? So this is building trust with your partner. Now, that being said, is I'm incredibly experienced in um, with BDSM and kink and all sorts of things. And I got to ask you one question. Yes. Because I am aware of it, but explain or tell us what BDSM stands for so people know what that term means. Okay. So there's, there's variations of the term. So we got BD, which is bondage and discipline, SM standing for submiss um, submissive and master, or we have slave and master or so, uh, um, sat Masochism, which is about <laughs> the receiving of pain, and sado is the giving of pain. Um, you have DS, which stands for dominant submissive. Like, there's all these different variations, right, of those words. Fundamentally, whatever you what, prefer. <laughs> fundamentally, what it means is kinky, with some power exchange. Is fundamentally what the term BDSM stands for. And when I use the word kinky, that's anything that's not vanilla. So the term vanilla is stems from, in the kink world, we talk about everybody who's having normal sex, or we, as we like to call it, boring sex. <laughs> <laughs> and so vanilla sex consists of missionary position, doing it in the dark. And anything outside of that, um, depending on what level you are and where your belief systems are, could be deemed kinky, right? One person's, one, pe one person's normal is another person's kinky, and another person's kinky is another person's normal, right? So right. it's all about where you're at on the spectrum, right? We can go from, you know, that to hanging from the chandeliers, right? And there's everything in there. <laughs> That's a lot of in between. There's a lot of in between. So that means you get to have lots of fun for a yeah. long time. <laughs> you never run out of things to do. No. Um, so yes, yeah, so safe words are very, 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 very important. The second thing about any kind of bondage is that um, you never, there's certain spots you never tie. So you never tie anything around the throat. You never, you never tie anything on the joints because the joints can cause injury if you do them on the joints. Um, you want to tie below, below a joint, and you always want to make sure that to make sure that the circulation is moving well. You always want to be able to put your finger in between the bondage. Here, this looks like this is kind of like a cuff it's between the cuff and the body. Okay, whatever you're tying with, you want to be able to put a finger width in there. That's to make sure that the circulation can move through. Because if you, if you cut the circulation off, you can have long-term nerve damage. Not fun. Not fun. No. Um, and there's a spot 
uh, between your shoulder and your elbow in the middle of there. You don't want to tie anything here, as well as between your knee and your hip. You don't want to tie anything there as well because there's nerves that run down that way and you can cut those nerves off and have long-term damage in your okay so there's your safety bondage 101 <laughs> <laughs> and another way that you can kind of start playing around and teasing around the surrendering of power and gifting over the power also, if you're not ready for bondage, you might be ready for blindfolds because blindfolds take away your sight, which awakens all of your other senses, which means you have to be really, really present in that moment. And if you, are if you tend to be a person that has all these thoughts like when you're engaging sexually and you're thinking about, oh, I'm supposed to take the kids here and I did forgot that and I got to do the dishes and you're one of these people that your brain's going, 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 adding a blindfold will help quiet your brain. Because you can't, you can't take in what's going to happen next because you don't know what's going to happen next. So those are kind of like the two kind of tiptoe into the realm of, oh, let's surrender power. I like the blindfold thing. That's, I mean, that, I even use one at night sometimes. And that is, like you said, it really makes you be in that moment because you don't know what the heck's going on around you. And it, it kind of just... It does awaken your senses and helps me fall asleep a lot faster too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so the blindfold's a good way is a good one to kind of test that water, play with that water. Now, when you're going to choose to allow anybody to tie you up, they need to be trustworthy. Don't go around and say to somebody who you don't know very well, because there's another component of being a control freak. When it comes from a place of trauma and childhood experiences, which a lot of us have had very bad childhood experiences, where we learned that it wasn't safe in the world, so we had to learn how to control everything in order for us to feel safe, that we tend to sometimes, the brain, even though this, this is not gonna make any logical sense, it's still what the brain does, is that we tend to pick people that aren't trustworthy to be around. So that we always can be reinforcing. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy that, see, this is why I don't surrender trust because you're not, people aren't trustworthy. Well, that's true because you chose the untrustworthy people to be around you. <laughs> and if you look at the, you know, if you take a moment and look at the times where, or when you decide to risk and go outside of your comfort zone and you're afraid that it's going to go horribly wrong, you always pick the wrong person, the wrong circumstances so that it does go horribly wrong. So that your brain can be like, see, I told you, that's why we don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, look at relationships. How many people do the same thing over and over and over and over again? I've done it. Yeah. So when you are deciding to consciously surrender trust and you want to consciously see whether or not that person is trustworthy, do they follow through on their word? When they say something, do they follow through? Are they reliable? Are they consistent? Do, they, do you feel like you're respected by them? If you were to say, uh, please stop saying that, would they? Like All of these things are picking the right people to trust so that you can learn how to trust. Because obviously you didn't learn how to trust. The, reason, the main reason why you're a control freak is because people weren't trustworthy. 
So if you t until you decide to pick some trustworthy people, you can't really fix your trust issues. So I want you to just kind of think about, okay, if I'm going to explore consciously trusting, I'm going to consciously decide who is somebody that's safe to do so. That could be even if not necessarily from a lover's perspective, but just in your life, right? If you feel like, well, I can't trust people to keep my secrets. Well, don't tell the blabbermouth in your life the secret and expect them to, to keep it safe. <laughs> Talk to the person who you don't know much about because they can keep secrets. <laughs> <laughs> It's about who we choose to test the waters in. So on the opposite side of control, I think it's very powerful to do the other, be on the other spectrum. So you're, you have, we've talked about surrendering control. What do you do when someone gives you their control? Because that's a huge honor. That's a huge honor for somebody to say, okay, I trust you, you can blindfold me. I trust you, you can tie me up. I trust you with my deep, darker secrets, right? People who give, our, give you your, their trust and surrender to you is a huge honor, and it needs to be taken and treated with a huge honor. A lot of times we kind of take that for granted. We don't, we don't be like, wow, thank you. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for sharing this with me. Thank you, right? Um, which means we have responsibility as the person who is the secret keeper or the person who is the, the adventure buddy that this person wants to surrender and explore with. Um, those are huge gifts to be given to us. So take a moment and don't go be like, oh, yeah, whatever. It isn't, oh, yeah, whatever, right? Think about you on the other end of that spectrum being like, okay. I'm telling you a secret I don't want you to tell anybody, and they don't tell anybody. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you blindfold me, and I'm gonna be in the moment. Like those are big things, big big scary things. So, when people gift you their their trust, honor it. Number one. Number two. Is always make sure from a sexual standpoint. Always make sure that you're doing, even somebody's giving you the ultimate power. Come from a place of love. Always come from a place of love. Whether we're talking about spanking, whether we're talking about sensory play, it's not about what you, it's not about your sexual gratification in the, that moment. It's about making sure that you're there for your partner's sexual gratification. And in turn, you'll get your things. That's just, a that's just a bonus of being in the one that's in, in control of the situation. This is good stuff. <laughs> also, it's very important that you never play B with BDSM or kink, this kind of sexual power exchange is what it's called. Don't, it's really important to not do any power exchange if you're angry or annoyed or hurt in your relationship. Things need to be very, very solid in order to do that play because especially if you're not a, um, really experienced at it because what will happen is, is that that 
fact that you're really irritated, especially if you're spanking somebody, right? And, you know, you're really irritated that your partner didn't put the garbage out again and that you fell into the, in the toilet because they didn't put the toilet seat down and they didn't change whatever, blah, 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 blah. That when you start to uh, explore and get in touch with that um, power that's happening in that moment, the power uh, is very close to, can be very close to anger. And so the anger will start to ooze through it, which then it goes from play to abuse. So you never spank or explore from a place of anger, only from a place of love. Yeah, that could be a scary thing. And it can happen very easily and very quickly because it's human nature, right? So it's very important to be in a really, really happy and good place. Not like just be from a place of love. Like why am I slapping you or spanking you, um, flogging you, whatever it is that we're doing, right? Is this from a place of mischievous laughter and play and happiness and, and um, you know, gifting because the part your partner is the one who wants that experience as well is it really from that place or is it because you're angry and if you're angry it means to stop immediately one don't do it in the first place but if you didn't realize that there's some underlining anger that you're having in that moment means that you need to stop the play immediately yeah because then it's going in a whole different direction like you said well then it becomes abusive that that's you're not it's not coming from a sensual sexual loving place then it's coming from a place of abuse right right there's a difference between power over and power exchange yeah definitely this really got me thinking like deep thinking <laughs> exactly i think what you attended uh Exactly. So it's kind of like, think about it this way with when you, the difference between a power exchange versus power over. Okay. And this is just not in a sexual realm, but just in general, because I think we can all have, I think it's always good to understand what I'm talking about from our own personal experiences. So say you're in a group dynamic and there is a, an exchange of two, two people are facilitating the group right? There can be where, you know, you're a team and one person takes lead and the other person kind of follows and then the other person takes lead and the other person follows and it ebb and flows. And it's like both of them have moments of being in power and the other person flows, like follows, right? So it's like a dance. Or you have a group of really control, a bunch of control freaks <laughs> all trying to take control of the situation by any means necessary. So that might be posturing physically, that might be emotionally putting each other down, it might be uh, dirty looks, it might be over talking over somebody um, because you want to be in control. One is a dance that happens, the other is like this. <laughs> 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 right and that's what power exchange in the bedroom can look like it can it can look like this flow and there's in every interaction there's a power exchange one person is in lead where the other person's following now the key is is that how defined those roles are and how it, it all depends 
So every interaction you have with every single person, there's a power exchange between these. One's leading, one's following. And when you have too many people, so this is what happens when you have a bunch of control freaks together, no one follows. So nothing happens. And when you have a lot of really passive people, not controlling, but the opposite, on the opposite spectrum, um, nothing happens either. So it's like, what do you want to do? 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 Where do you want to eat? Where do you want to eat? And three hours later, you still haven't decided where to eat and both of you are starving. <laughs> okay. Or you have two control freaks. I want to eat here. Well, I want to eat here. Well, I want to hear eat here. Well, no, I don't like that, but that place is stupid. No, yours is stupid. And that's what, and again, both people are hungry. <laughs> <'Cause you're happy. laughs> that's a good way to explain it. <laughs> so if you look at it from that perspective that surrendering it, your control in the moment doesn't mean that you surrender all control um and the it gives like one person takes lead the other one follows and there's more naturally each one of us has more personality as a leader or a follower that's just how it is right now i always lovingly invite you to do the opposite in the bedroom explore the opposite in the bedroom because by exploring the opposite in the bedroom, you will learn about yourself in a way that you've never learned before. So I'll share a little story about my life. So I have been an uber controlling freak for most of my life. And I'm a natural leader. I walk into the room every, without me even speaking, everybody just follows me. It's just what has always happened and to this day will always continue to happen. Even now, I'm not a control freak. It's still, I still have that energy of leadership and people want to follow. So that's part of who I am. So I decided that for, ten, you know, ten, for 10 years, basically, I was going to explore. I didn't decide it was going to be 10 years, but it ended up being 10 years that I decided that I was going to explore my submissive side because the idea of surrendering control like that made me break out in hives. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> it was incredibly scary and terrifying and for me it was scary and terrifying because I had endured a lot of sexual abuse and trauma as a child so the idea of allowing somebody else to take control which is what happened to me when I was a child um, was terrifying so with my ex at the time um, we decided to go on this adventure where I would surrender in the bedroom and it was a cathartic healing experience like I can't even explain. It was so profound. Um, it, for the first time ever, it quieted my mind. My mind had never shut the fuck up. It was always going around and around and around and around. And yet I found this incredible peace and harmony within. It's called the technical term in the kink world is called subspace. In subspace where you completely surrender, it's like there's this you're floating around in this Zen void is what basically what happens of euphoria. It sounds amazing. <laughs> and it, it is amazing. But in order to get there means you got to do a lot of work and there's a lot of panicking and there's a lot of crying and there's a lot of freaking out. But, and there's a lot of healing that happens to get to that place. But when you get to that place, it's like, Oh, now I can surrender if I can surrender in a moment to someone, I can surrender to life. 
And I now, since I went on that adventure, I now am always in the flow. I'm in the flow with my flow, which is my menstruation. I'm in the flow with the universe always. Um, I can surrender um, to any situation because I learned that it was safe to do so once. And if you're the opposite, if you tend to not take, not have a voice in the world, and you tend to be passive, and you tend to get walked all over, and you tend to all those things that you have no voice, and you're very kind of go with the flow, I'm always in the flow, but not because you're surrendering to the flow, but because you don't want the responsibility of making the decisions, because that's scary, and you don't trust that you're capable of making that choice, and, and you know, um, your self-doubt, and unworthiness, and all that kind of stuff. So in the bedroom exploring being the dominant in that dominant role what that does is helps you find your voice helps you find your voice in a very safe environment um, helps you to ask for what you want to to express what you need to be clear concise and take responsibility for making those choices so whatever it is that you're lacking in your everyday the bedroom is an awesome place to start to explore that. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. I wrote down what you said before because I think, I think it's a great quote and something, obviously, that came from you. If I can surrender in a moment to someone, I can surrender to life. Mm -hmm. That is powerful. And it's true. Because it's then, like you said, your brain chemistry starts to change if you keep replaying that over and over in your head. And I know that's a lot of work that I have done personally <laughs> myself too, because I used to be a control freak. I would say, you know, in recovery because it's always work. It's definitely work. I still got my little things that I, I need to work on and it's the teeniest little things now, right? Bigger things. They seem to be easier to let go of control, but the little things like, you know, like the pet peeves, things that people do that just annoy you, those things, they just constantly harass. And I think to myself, I'm like, I can do so many other things. Why can't I just fucking let this go? <laughs> <laughs> does that make sense to you? It does. I think for me, I, I found anyways, for me, um, when I'm getting sucked in to those, the, those pet peeves, those 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 little things that are not really in the bigger scheme have no relevance in my life. Right. Um, for me, I think that that's because I'm feeling like it, it, that's that. That's actually where my controlling is, is when I notice that I'm controlling. It's in those little, it's mm -hmm. in those little things because it's in those little things that I feel out of control. So I have to control them. And it's this obsessive thing, which is why I can't let go of it. So all I need to do for me, this is what works really well, is I take, first of all, I stop and I have a little conversations like with my brain. I'm like, all right, so what are we feeling out of control about is the question I always ask myself. And sometimes I get an answer, sometimes I don't. And then I'll do some breathing and I'll do some Kegels. I'll get tapped into my core, my source of grounded. And, and then I can actually visually wash, allow it to wash out of me, 
right? Like the fact that that person put the toothpaste in that way, um, I can just, if it's, if it bothers me, I will just fix it the way it needs to be. Sometimes I even challenge myself and say, you know, everybody has their own way of doing something and the way that they're doing it is okay. It's not the way that I do it, but it doesn't make it wrong. Cause that's the other part, the little message that we're playing out, right? Is that, mm -hmm. what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Did your mother drop you on your fucking head? Why are you doing it that way? What is wrong with you? <laughs> yes, yeah, cause it's more like that. That's what you have going on in your head. It's, it's not this, you know, easygoing voice. It's. It's that screaming voice yeah. that you have going on in your head. So it's, it's harder to quiet it. But then once you think of the why, why does this bother me? Mm -hmm. That's when you can start to quiet it. And that's what I found for myself is, you know, not trying to overpower that screaming voice in your head, but sort of allow it to get through it. Then you realize what is happening and then you can look at, how you can quiet it. Yeah. I also think too that, you know, in the, the work that I do, I mean, I wrote a book called Stop, Drop and Wiggle and we talk and in that book, I talk a lot about understanding our human psyche and what it does and why it does what it does and how we can reprogram it and change it. And we can do our emotional state changes and we can do, you know, by our change our biochemical response to things. And a lot of the thoughts that we have, um, I like to label them as batshit crazy stories. They have no relevance in the here and now. If Bob puts the toothpaste upside down away and you always like it right side up, the fact that you are taking the energy and the time to think, what is wrong with Bob? Why does Bob do it wrong? It's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, which means that you're making yourself right, by the way. That's a big part of that, right? Yeah. Is that um, it doesn't fucking matter how the toothpaste is put in the container. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No. Right? It really doesn't. There's, like, there's big things in the world that matter. That is not one of them. Yet that's the, those are the things that, from an energetic standpoint, we actually surrender more into these really minor things that have no relevance in our life because we're trying to control something. We're obsessing because we're trying to control because internally we feel out of control. We feel unsafe. So that's always the question that I ask my clients and the question I ask myself when I'm getting into that place. So what is it about what's happening right now that I feel unsafe in, my, in this moment, in my life, what's going on? That's the question, not the question of why am I obsessing about the toothpaste? That's just a byproduct of me being feeling unsafe and out of control. It's not the actual thing that I'm trying to control that's the problem. It's what was the mechanism. What was the trigger that made me feel that the toothpaste was so fucking important? <laughs> right? Yeah. And why it needed to be so important. Like this was, a, this was a fight that I'm going to win no matter what because the world is coming to an end because of how the toothpaste is put into the cup. <laughs> oh my god it sounds so ridiculous it does sound ridiculous and that's how ridiculous and those are the kind of arguments from a relationship standpoint that get full on blow out i hate you 
um, I'm leaving you, like those conversations can get so ridiculous to the point of, you know, threatening divorce if you don't change the way you put your fucking toothpaste in the cup. <laughs> Stop breathing like that. Exactly. Stop chewing your food that way. What is wrong with you? <laughs> oh the, other God. Thing that, the other thing that's helpful in those moments is to, because um, we all want to believe we're right, right? Like that's the thing that we're attached to. We're attached to that we're, we are right. And the reason we need to be attached to that we're right, because we weren't right as kids. We weren't allowed to be right as kids. Our voice wasn't heard as a kid. Right? There's all these reasons behind that. But when we are so attached to the outcome of being right, that only leads to craziness. Craziness is born out of the belief that you are right. People will leave their marriages. They will end their relationships with people. They'll end friendships. Like really, they'll make crazy decisions based on, I need to be right. And I always say to people, do you want to have good relationships with potentially epic pleasure possibilities or do you want to be right which one's more important <laughs> if you mention it like that i mean the answer is obvious but wow to hear it you have to say these things out loud you have to hear them out loud because if you think them your mind just fucks with you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yes so the next time you're going, to, as I like to call, visiting downtown Crazy Town, <laughs> get back on the train that leaves Crazy Town and go out of Crazy Town. Get the, the fuck out of Crazy Town. Exactly, right? And, and if you do get into Crazy Town, don't, don't beat yourself up about it. Just acknowledge that you're in Crazy Town and you can make a choice to leave Crazy Town. You're like, yeah. <laughs> The toothpaste is not that important. I'm going to go breathe. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to go do some giggles. I'll go whack off if I need to to fully release it. And, and we can move on. You can, and then you can lovingly say, you know, I would love it if you could change how you put the toothpaste in. That would be, that would be lovely if you could do that. If you don't, that's okay too. But I would really like it if you could. One is like, you need to do this or I'm leaving you or I'm never having sex with you again. <laughs> you know, when you do it that way, I know it's totally my thing. It kind of drives me nuts. And own it. Don't take, res take responsibility for it that you are crazy, which fundamentally, <laughs> in fact, you are crazy. The fact that you need the toothpaste to pee in a certain way is because you're crazy. That's okay. Just own that you're crazy. And then you can lovingly ask others if they wouldn't mind to help you out. And so, but that doesn't mean that they're going to. Don't expect them that they have to, but you can ask them lovingly and nicely, and sometimes they will, and sometimes they won't. <laughs> this is too funny. You know why this is so funny? Because it's so incredibly true. The way that our brains work. It really, and I think that's why I've become more and more interested on how the brain works and how you can rewire it is because it's so fucking crazy. It is. Oh yeah. We are all crazy. We are so crazy. Every single one of us, me included in that department, <laughs> right? Like, and the more you have awareness in what thoughts you're having, the more you're like, wow, I'm crazy. I am absolutely crazy. 
<laughs> I am fucking insane. That makes no logical sense whatsoever. Right? And, and at first, it's kind of a little overwhelming. I remember thinking when I started to become really aware of all the thoughts that were running in the background, the, the things that you don't, you're so conscious of saying all the time, right? Yes. And I became aware of those that were bringing, because of all the exercises and things that I do to bring those to the, to, to the light. And I'd be like, wow, I am crazy. <laughs> group of girls in my life, girlfriends of mine, that when they start talking, I'm like, whoa. They're like, I know. It's bad shit crazy. I just need to talk it out. I'm like, okay. And the same thing goes for me. I'll be like, all right. I know this is completely bad shit crazy. I need to just talk it out so I can let it go. Right? So it's not a judgment call. I think that's really important that when I say that, that we're all crazy, it's just a level of, it's, it's a matter of what level of crazy are we at and how well do we manage our crazy is fundamentally what it goes to. No matter how enlightened you are, no matter how healed you are, as human beings, we are crazy. And it's about your ability to manage your crazy, your keeping short visits at downtown crazy town, and spending more time in the suburbs. <laughs> more in the suburbs is the key to a successful life right? <laughs> and good relationships with others right and including our own relationship with ourselves oh my god you said it all just in that last sentence <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness this was so much fun so much we, there was so much that you covered here and um wow yeah control is such a I don't, I don't like to use the word problem, but it's an issue in our own heads that we, you know, we make so many things up and this, I mean, there's so much stuff that I talk about and all the stuff that I talk about is stuff that I've gone through mm -hmm. and stuff that I know can help other people just become aware. That is the number one thing, become aware, because if you're not aware, you're just going to be walking into shit all the time. And also not only being aware, but with non-judgment observation. Yes, that's a good point. Right? Because yeah. that's where we can get sucked further in and deeper in to the vortex of craziness is that we can start saying, wow, I'm crazy. I'm bad. That makes me bad. There's something wrong with me. I'm such an idiot. So then we start playing out those those negative belief systems and negative self-talk starts happening when we start to observe what's really happening with us. And doing that isn't any better than you not being aware of what was happening on a subconscious level, right? It, it's, it's actually, it's, that's the most important tip that I can give anybody that is starting to this journey of self-exploration on any level, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, sexually, is that you come at it from a place of love and compassion. And not from a place of uh, control, basically. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get away from that. Yeah, from a real place of compassion and understanding. And, you know, and laughter. This is the other thing. You know, I just want to leave, leave everybody here is that there's three things that can change our biochemical responses in our body in a very, very quick order of business. And... Um, 
the first one is orgasm, which of course is my favorite. Um, <laughs> so, however, it's not always appropriate to have an orgasm standing at the line at the bank. <laughs> really good, like me, and you can do it quietly. Um, <laughs> so who, wants, who wants to? <laughs> um, laughter is the other one, but you need to laugh for at least uh, 60 seconds in order to change the biochemical response and to reset your nervous system um, from that negative, out of control, fight or flight. The other thing, too, is that I just want to talk a little bit about control is your body's fight mechanism. Yes. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So your, your feel what's happened is your nervous system has gone into fight, flight or freeze, right? When we're in distress. And so it'll either fight where that's being control is basically like a passive aggressive way of being in a fight, <laughs> right? um, you know, or running away. Um, or just inability and shut down. Okay, so that's what's happening in your nervous system, and and that was created. That that's our lizard brain, and that was created as a defense mechanism for survival. You think of in nature, you know, you have either you're going to fight your way from your predators, you're going to run away from your predators, or you're going to freeze and become like a chameleon, and maybe they don't see you. I've so done all three of those exactly, and sometimes all three of them are kind of happening simultaneously. <laughs> depending on the event. <laughs> okay. I got to think about that one, but okay. <laughs> All right. One way you're trying to control, another way you're like trying to avoid and run away. And then the other is like, I'm not making a decision. Like it, it can happen simultaneously all the same. <laughs> different way different areas but fundamentally it's all it's like that's when you're in like defcon 12 oh god <laughs> right so we want to change our body or and when we're in those states we're releasing uh we are releasing cortisone we are releasing um uh, endorphin adrenaline um our bodies are not we're not designed to stay in that state for long periods of time yet culturally we are pretty much most of us in that state anywhere from 50 to 80 percent to some for some of us 90 to 100 percent of our, our lives and that has a long has a long-term uh health problems and effects stress stress in essence that's what they've called it they've labeled it stress stress Okay, so when you're in that place of distress, there's three things that you can do. We talked about orgasm is one, laughing for 60 seconds, 60 seconds is another, <laughs> little Freudian slip, and um, the other is exercising up for 20 minutes. And what that does is it re- it helps to regulate your serotonin levels, it helps create dopamine, it helps to release oxytocin, and it helps with your endorphins. So these are the things that are the reset that make you feel zen and happy and ah, life is good. And when you're in that place, it's much easier to be like, oh, the toothpaste is not a big deal. <laughs> so I'm just gonna flip the toothpaste around now. Do, 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 do. And you can be in that place because of the 
because there's the, our thoughts are one thing, but then there's biochemical responses that are actually happening from our emotional reaction to things and our thoughts. And our thoughts create our emotions, and our emotions create our thoughts, and they kind of go all, they do this little dance with each other. And then when those happen, there's a biochemical release that happens in our body. So that's why we can feel almost euphoric, or we can feel like we want to die. It's because it's not just the emotions and the thoughts, but those emotions and thoughts have created a releasing of biochemicals in our bodies, which create our bodies to feel that way and respond that way. So you can, can I don't want to use the word control, you can manage that by using these three different things. <laughs> <laughs> and they are three wonderful things. Yeah, <laughs> orgasm, laughter, and working out. Yes, and you know what? You laugh a lot. <laughs> I do laugh a lot. I also orgasm a lot. <laughs> and I also work out too. So, you know, that's part of what creates me, gives me, ah, uh, that's why I can surrender to life. <laughs> and the toothpaste. And the toothpaste. And the toilet paper. And, 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 and. <laughs> and, and, and. It goes on and on and on. <laughs> so I hope that was insightful for our... Uh, viewers and if anybody wants to get a hold of me that you're like okay I really like spending time with you I'd like to spend more time with you and I really need some extra help to help surrender and learn yeah. to let, exactly learn to let go of control you can reach me at uh, succulentliving.com let's see if I can say it right this time succulentliving.com exactly exactly <laughs> it right this time um, and uh, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, I also have been doing um, using BDSM um, with my clients to help them learn to surrender. So um, I've had I have had one client that I've been working with for the last four years, and we've done all of the traditional coaching stuff in my goodie bag that I have at my disposal. And it's only been the last three sessions where we've added kind of some more of that surrendering from a BDSM standpoint um, that she's actually been able to control, uh, surrender control in other areas of her life because it's the first time she's actually felt safe enough to surrender power in a moment. So there's a lot of power in exploring that work. Um, that I'm finding with my clients and also in my own journey. So it's a great avenue to explore. Awesome. Do you, I have a question because I know people are going to want to find out more about this. Do you have any resources that you refer to yourself or do you have anything up on your own site about where people can go or anything that you've written? Just any kind of resource. Um, I would say there's two resources that, uh, are really important when we're talking about just understanding our relationships with things. Um, one is I just finished with a bunch of amazing women created this awesome uh, home study program calling Fall in Love with Food, Sex, and Money, which is, you know, changing your relationships with food, sex, and money, which are the big three that um, interfere in our lives, right? Oh, so yeah. To have a better relationship with those three is quite awesome. And for me personally, I mean, I was one of the guest speakers um, and I, you know, co-created the project. But even for me, 
Um, I didn't realize my relationship with money and my relationship with food needed some love. <laughs> and so yeah. um, for me, it's been a trans- huge transformation for me. So that is a resource that I think everybody uh, should totally totally um utilize and it's like we have 21 videos in the program um so it's a powerful program the other would be to go on to amazon and go get my book stop it's called stop drop and wiggle seven easy steps to happiness awesome i'll link all the stuff up yeah and uh and then of course there's always articles and stuff on my website and um, resources there as well. All right, great. So much good stuff in this conversation. See, that's why I love just not having a plan. We just get on and talk and we see where it goes. And that was definitely a lot of fun. A lot of talk about control, giving it up and, um, why it makes us crazy. <laughs> well, no, I don't say why it makes us crazy. We're already crazy. That's why we're doing it. That's true. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how to reward that in a, in a quick a quick response, but yes, exactly what you said. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening and for sharing your ears with me for this time each week. I really, really appreciate it. Please, if you enjoyed the show, go on over to wherever it is that you listen and make sure that you subscribe so that you never miss a show. If you want to get in on the live Facebooks, also known as the live podcasting, you can go on over to my Instagram at the Lauren Jeans and grab the link in my bio. That's at the L A U R E N J E A N S and grab the link in my bio. Until next time, remember C C I confidence control and intuition. I'll talk to you next week.